Welcome, Phase 1 supporters, to our Week 15 NFL Recap Show. As the playoff picture begins and takes shapes, join us for a deep dive into crucial matchups, standout performances, and latest gridiron drama. From nail-biting finishes to breakout plays, we've got your weekly NFL roundup right here on the podcast. Let the countdown to the postseason begin. Hi, it's Eric from Bar Harbor Cellars Winery, located in Bar Harbor, Maine. Bar Harbor Cellars is a family-owned and operated winery for almost two decades. And we have a very simple philosophy. When you wanna make great wine, use great fruit. Our method is to source the fruit of our wines based on the quality, not fashion. We work with independent growers throughout Europe and North America who practice safe and sustainable viticultural methods, allowing us to make wines across a wide spectrum. We're able to offer simple fruit wines with some delicate sweet notes, all the way up to big, bold varietal reds and crisp and delicious whites. Whether it's apples and blueberries from our backyard here in the state of Maine, or the delicate Pinot Noir grapes of Northern Italy, We truly enjoy crafting these delicious, interesting natural wines for you to enjoy. So when you're in Bar Harbor, please visit us at Bar Harbor Cellars. And if you need to, visit our website. Let us see if we can ship our wine to you. BarHarborCellars.com. That's BarHarborCellars.com. Select your favorite wine from our wine vault, and we'll see about shipping it to you. And now... Let's ship you over to the premier sports team on the Stereo app, the Phase One Sports Crew. And to you, our guests, and to the Phase One team, we raise a glass and say salute. Yo, what up? Yeah, I don't know why the app keeps doesn't it. Like, every time I start a show, it kicks me off. I know, man. I, I I thought something happened, man. I don't know what. I don't know why this happens to us, bro. Like, hopefully it's not. I'm gonna start. I might just start using uh, what you call Zoom to start recording shows, okay? Yeah, we might have to, man. Because every time we start a show, it's like we get kicked out the app. Mm. All right, so I'm gonna restart this over. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to another edition of Phase One Sports. I'm your host, NKV Trust. I got my boys in the building with me tonight. Three-man show. Got my boy, Saeed. His Jets coming off a terrible loss to the Dolphins. I at least thought they would cover the spread, but they did not. PJ's team, the Steelers, we talked about them Sunday, but we could talk about them again, but we live. So how y'all doing, fellas? What's up? What's up? Somebody talk, Somebody talk to me. I'm good, man. No, another another good week of NFL, NFL action, you know. Uh, you know, apart from my team, of course. Uh, they continue to be a disappointment, as always, for the last 13, 14 years. Nothing new. But, you know, it's good to finally be at the business end of the regular season, you know, as we find out, you know, all uh, we find out which teams are going to the postseason. So that's all good. So, yeah, man. PJ, what's up? Oh, uh, you know, it was... Uh... And our any given Sunday, put another stamp on it, and uh, 
a lot of um, interesting things uh, transpired, and uh, we had some excited to talk about, it, especially the primetime matchups. Yes, the primetime matchups. Well, PJ did call an upset. Well, I think I called it as well, too. I, don't, I think we all said on Sunday, the Carolina Panthers. I, I just want to give a special shout-out to the Carolina Panthers and Bryce Young and to the fans of Carolina because it was a rainstorm, like a crazy rainstorm in Carolina, and the fans came out. Tickets were going for about 50 cents, and the fans showed up. I picked Atlanta to win, but they disappointed me, as they always did, and Carolina came through and won a, um, a game by a field goal with, like, two seconds left. So shout out to the Carolina Panthers, man. Got this, <laughs> got their second win of the season. But like PJ said, let's talk about the primetime game. So let's start off with last night's game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks, man. Crazy game for the Philadelphia Eagles to lose. Lost on a last-second touchdown uh, from Drew Locke to – I cannot say that man's last name. But y'all know who I'm talking about. Crazy game, fellas. So let me get your guys' thoughts. Or, matter of fact, let me, let me ask a question. Um, is the loss more detrimental for the Eagles or was it a big Seattle win? Because Seattle still stays in the playoff hunt for seven and seven and the Eagles fall ten and four and I think they're still the second seed, but if I'm mistaken they might be five. So who has is it disappointing for the Eagles or is it a real good victory for the Seattle Seahawks? And we'll start with Saeed. I'd say whew, that's a, that's a good question. We haven't spoken a lot about Seattle, you know. It seems like you know we haven't really spoken a lot about them, and they plus this this game was so big for them because they're six and seven, and the teams around them, like you know the Rams, uh, like the Saints, you know, um, you know those teams that are like fighting for that, you know, one of those two uh, final wild card spots in the NFC, kind of won their games, even though the Vikings lost and. Alive, you know, stay in the thick of things in the NFC wildcard race. Um, you know, especially because you know they don't have that tiebreaker. You know, and they need to get any win that they can get. Not that NFC win, you know, to can add to that tiebreaker, but also like to, uh, you know, but they've got probably you know one of the biggest of them all. You know, and I mean, look, I know the Eagles have not been playing well. Um, on their side, um, then probably the Eagles has lost because look, you know the Eagles. Yes, they're they're off. Yes, they're trying to like fight for that number one, not only for the number one seed, but also for the division. And you know, obviously, you know we all know what happened, obviously against the Niners and obviously the Cowboys. Um, you know, two brutal losses, of course, that could hurt their chances of even hosting a playoff game. Um, but you know, like. Look, the Eagles at the end of the day, they weren't playing well coming into those games, you know. And we knew that I mean, we knew at some point the Eagles were gonna get had and and they were and they got had, you know, obviously by the Jets the, uh, a few weeks ago, like a, a, a month and a half ago, but then, you know, they lost to 
to probably two teams that they shouldn't have been lo- that they shouldn't have been losing to. If you think about it, you know, teams that at least you know that they should, you know, be not only winning but also competing with the Cowboys and the Niners. I know they got the Cowboys in the first game in Philly, but then you know last week, you know, to get you know, bum rushed by um, by the Cowboys, you know, it's it's not a good look. So so we get you know we get the Eagles troubles and stuff, but you know they still got a shot at winning the division. Um, the Cowboys actually have a tougher schedule, and the Eagles have a very, very easy schedule coming uh, to end the season. But then again, it's like, like PJ said, start any given Sunday. So, and the way that the Eagles have been playing, you know, I mean, those bad teams, those mediocre team teams might fancy their chances. And you know, there's any given Sunday, whereas you know, as they look to sort of play for pride, and, you know, and it's always dangerous to play those bad teams late in the season, even if they're even if they're out of it, you know. Those teams want to, you know, those teams are going to try and like, you know, fight for something, you know, and you know, play for their futures. Now, obviously, that's not the case with Seattle because Seattle are are in the thick of things and trying to get in that last wild card spot. You know, one of those two last wild card spots, the sixth and seventh seed, and they're trying to get that spot. So, and obviously, that was a real tough game going on the road cross cross country as well. So, this win was more of a statement and much more of an important win for the Seattle Seahawks, just because because of all the teams around them kind of like not win, not all of them, but like some of them winning, but also the Seahawks not having a tiebreaker on, on those teams above. So they need, they really needed this game to keep pace with, you know, the Rams who actually have the tiebreaker on them by sweeping them and also the Minnesota Vikings as well, but also trying to like keep, you know, trying to keep a, a you know, um, at least, you know, with an arm's length of Green Bay and, and the New Orleans Saints. Um, so it was a big win for Seattle because had they lost that game, you pretty much they're pretty much one foot out of do- they're one foot out of the door in terms of like not reaching the playoffs. So it's a massive win for them, you know, as they sort of like keep their season not only alive but also like yeah, they like keep their season pretty much in terms of the balance now because they're now seven and seven, and they can like pretty much just you know go into those final sort of three games of the season with a really good shot. You know, of, of stealing one of those two last, last wild card spots, as long as the you know, as long as the Rams drop a game or two, because as long as the Rams keep winning, then you know they're gonna have that tiebreak at the end. PJ, I'll go to you. I know you're talking about the Baltimore Ravens because they are my Super Bowl favorites as of right now. They pulled off a huge win against um, Jacksonville. Um, is that loss more? Is it horrible for the Jacksonville Jaguars, or was that a big win for the Baltimore Ravens and ultimately pushing for that number one seed in the AFC? Because Jacksonville should – I know a lot of people that were high on Jacksonville for that game, but I think Lamar showed why he could win the MVP this year. So what's your thoughts on that game? Yeah, it was a, it was a big win. Um, I would say it's a big win for, for Baltimore. I look at it as um, them taking care of business, making that statement win, um, still um, gaining momentum within um, within the conference and pitching um, one step closer to um, winning the division. You know, Lamar has been looking a lot um, more comfortable as a passer, and that's one of the big question marks in his in his game. And I, like I said in the um, in the recap show, I feel like Todd Munkin might be one of the best hires of a of like an assistant this season 
And if I'm Lamar Jackson on a side note, you know who Lamar Jackson should be really thanking, and it's not really Todd Munkin. It's it's actually Stetson Bennett. Because you know the you know the phrase you follow the business model. And if you remember Todd Munkin coming from Georgia as the OC, he um had Stetson Bennett for quite a while. And we saw what Stetson Bennett was able to do as a passer. And Stetson Bennett was mobile, but we obviously know Lamar is a way more better mobile quarterback when it comes to using his legs. But it's, I think it's taking what Stetson Bennett did as like a little, um, little, little, little DNA sort of thing, and then just seeing a better version of Lamar. I think because of that, is it, something amazing, and we're seeing a better, better, um, comfortable Lamar because of it. For me, with the Baltimore Ravens. To see how uh, for real a contender they are. Those next three games to end the season, how you close out, I feel like will definitely answer the question of how legit they are going into the playoffs. Because I'm telling you right now, they could lose the first two. San Fran, I believe the next one is Cincinnati. Um, I might have to look up. I might have to look that up to see what the final three games are. I know the next one is San Fran. That's Monday Night Football. That is must see. Get your popcorn TV right there. They could lose that game and lose momentum. And so we're really going to see um, what Baltimore Ravens team is going to show up and get ready for um, postseason play. Um, after the Jaguars, I think. They can, this is a tough loss for them, but they can still um, maintain. I still have confidence in the Jags. Um, they just need a healthy um, Trevor Lawrence. And when Trevor Lawrence is healthy, I think we'll see a better product because of it. All right. So, to me, the Tennessee, not the, the Texans. The Texans are a team that I feel like next year will be a problem in the AFC. I actually think they still get in. And that's the question I got for both of you guys. This Texan team, like, the culture, like, I know we're big on culture in the NFL and how, like, you know, certain teams have a losing culture and had losing cultures for years. But it's like this new regime that came in to, for the, for the uh, Texans came in and completely changed the culture. Because a lot of people had them losing to the uh, Tennessee Titans. But they find a way with no C.J. Stroud. What is y'all take on the Texans? And can the Texans actually get into the postseason? And I'll pose another question. If they get in, can they upset one of these higher seeds? Because we all know they're going to be a low seed. They even I think they still are in play for the division. But if they get in, can they beat one of these teams? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, um, I thought, yeah, this past weekend was a massive test for the Texans, you know. Um, because obviously no CJ Stroud, obviously started Case Keenan. Was a little surprised by that. I thought they would go with Davis Mills, but but then you know um, going into that game, you know you're playing against the Tennessee Titans that that came off a, a massive victory um, against the Dolphins. You know, a massive upset, and you'd think that you know the Tennessee Titans would have this you know sort of like you know this confidence, you know that this that this confidence that's that sky high that would 
you know, somewhat carried the momentum going into a big divisional game at home against the Texans. And to be fair, the Titans have played really, they played really hard in, in most of the divisional games that they've played this year. So, um, and they're a team that you can't underestimate. You can never underestimate a Mike, a Mike Vrabel um, coach team because he's always going to get those boys playing hard no matter what their record says. And obviously, we all know the Titans have had a very disappointing season. I expected a lot more from them. But um, but the Texans, you know, coming in, you know, this was a big test. This was more like, can they do it without their star rookie quarterback who was running away and pretty much has already won offensive rookie of the year. There's even some people that are giving some MVP shouts to, to CJ Stroud. And, you know, this is, you know, this is a big test. Can they do it without their, super, their young superstar quarterback? And, not only they did it without him, but they got it off. Uh, they, they pulled it off with a gutsy victory. Um, you know, I'm so impressed by the Texans, you know, this season. I actually um, predicted in the summer that this this was going to be one of my breakout teams. Now, I didn't expect them to be eight and six type of breakout. I expected them to have, I expected the, the Texans to be a team that would be like, okay, they would probably start slow. Uh, maybe like a four and six, but then somehow they they would, they'll have like this whole they would have this you know Detroit Lions type of run like they did late last season when they finished nine and eight. That's what I thought the Texans would be, and then maybe twenty twenty four they can go and build off of that. I didn't expect them to be really good from the get go to the point where they're like eight and six and they're tied at the top of the AFC AFC South along with the Jags and and the Colts. Um, I mean, you know, shout out to D'Amico Ryan's. Um, you know, he's one of my coach of the year candidates, along with Shane Steichen, another AFC South head coach, um, you know, and um, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, it's just impressive, you know, what, what, uh, what the Texans are doing, uh, a super young team, you know, and, you know, Nick Casario, you know, another shout out to him because he's done a really good job as well, building this roster as well. I know, you know, some people have, you know, criticized, you know, Nick Casario here and there, you know, obviously, and um, coming in, but I mean, I thought he built a damn good roster in the last two years. You know, I know they've gone through multiple head coaches. I guess that's what the criticism um, was was pretty much uh, driven by. But you know, he's pretty much found his guy now at at, um, at the head coach spot, and it couldn't be any, and it couldn't be uh, from a better guy in terms of Demico Ryan's a former player, former captain of the Texans. You know, one of the standout you know defensive coordinators in San Fran. So. Um, in, in regards to Texans, in regards to the Texans, do I think they can get to the playoffs? Um, I think they can. You know, um, you know, it's it's, it's going to be a very tight race, um, but I, I think they, I think they're capable. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm excited. and I'm rooting for them to get to the playoffs. You know, I'd love to see a different team um, get into the postseason. I'd rather them than Buffalo. Obviously, as a as a Jets fan, obviously, you know, you don't want to see another AFC East team because I know the Miami Dolphins are going to be in it. You know, so I mean, I'd rather the Texans be in it, but um, you know, I mean, they've got a good schedule coming up, so you know, I think they've got a good shot. You know, this young, this young group, and why not? You know, you're eight and six. You know, that was a big win against the Titans. That's a divisional win that adds even more points on the criteria in terms of the tiebreaker scenario. So, so you know, I definitely see it. I definitely see it happening. If not, then then next year because they've got the youngest team and they're. They've got the brightest future amongst all those teams in that cluster of the AFC. So, and D'Amico Ryans and Nick Casero, they've got something cooking here in Houston. And that starts with the quarterback, CJ Stroud, who they really hit on. So, yeah. All right. So, I told y'all. I 
told y'all before we did any shows about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and every single person in the group chat laughed at me. Baker's washed. I don't know what I'm talking about. Baker is this, Baker is that. But right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in the lead in the NFC South, which doesn't say a lot because the NFC South is trash. But right now, they pulled off a great win in Green Bay. Baker led them. Right now, I got Baker as my comeback player of the year. I know people are trying to give it to DeMar Hamlin. Great story. Came back, played a game. But I think anybody should win that game. It should be, I mean, that award, it should be Baker Mayfield. PJ, what do you think about the Tampa Bay Bucks? Not my Tampa Bay Bucks, but the Bucks that I like to win that division and potentially host the playoff games. Well, um, I think um, I think Todd Bowles needs to be hugging on um, Baker Mayfield because that's the I feel like that's the only reason why he his job is looking like it's going to be safe. This team, um, we the the thing about this team is when in their division. They have the defense. They have the they have the, the players. Offensively, you know who they have. They they struggle on the run, but it it's there. Rashad White does his thing. Mike Evans is having a very quiet, unseen but very quiet year where he's putting up big numbers, and it's going to obviously jettison to him getting um much needed attention in free agency. But yeah, this team um, is definitely Moses has parted the Red Sea for the um, for the Bucks, and they have clear uh, a clear lane to win this division. You're seeing the Saints, even though they win, they're they're very herky jerky. They're kind of up and down. Um, uh, I forget Carolina. You know they're they're not going to do much. Um, I forget the other team in that in that division. Um, besides, besides Carolina, the Atlanta Falcons, um, the Atlanta Falcons, they are kind of hit or miss. So it, it's it, it's kind of like it's kind of like the, the NFC the, the NFC West is kind of like the, the NFC South. I mean, it's kind of like the home run derby. Who's going to be hitting out the park? And it looks like the the Buccaneers are hitting big home runs. And while every while every other team is just striking out and missing and um and, and getting cold when they need to be getting hot, and so with Baker Mayfield, you know he brings you know he, he brings that fire, he brings that energy, um and he definitely since that time in L.A. um been rejuvenated and coming off and getting a big win when they needed him to when they needed to so they can if they are in the wild card. Will there be a if they're if they're gonna win it? They're a team that can easily, if you don't pay attention, they'll catch you sleeping, and uh, you will definitely uh, get lost in the sauce when taking on when taking them on. So they're definitely a threat. Um, and Baker May, I'm with you, man. Baker Mayfield, he's up for a most improved. He's definitely deserving, and because he's definitely his play has um, garnered um, the attention. And it has definitely um, is back to being what he, what we wanted him to be when he got drafted in the NFL. All right, Saeed. <laughs> Got to talk about the Saints, man. So, like PJ said, it's still a two-horse race in that division. Like, you still have Atlanta, who could win it. New Orleans got a chance to win it. My favorite right now is Tampa Bay. 
So they came in playing a red hot Giants team. Tommy Cutlets, you know the whole story of him coming in and doing his things. They they beat the Giants twenty four to six. Like PJ mentioned, they're a very fluky team. One day you can get a really good Saints team and everybody's firing on on all cylinders, and then the next moment it looks like this team is like, what they shouldn't even be allowed to sniff the playoffs. Which Saints team do you think we get towards the end with the final three games? And do they sneak in over Tampa Bay and make me lose my 20 to Brandon? Shout out to Brandon, man. <laughs> we ain't seen this man in a minute, but shout out to Brandon. And make sure you have my 20 when the Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Buccaneers make the playoffs. Yeah, Saints, um, they were my pick to win the division. And they still got a shot at winning it. Obviously, that was a big win, obviously, against the Giants, um, just to, you know, you know, not only like keep the division hopes alive, but also like kind of stay in sort of the wild card race. Let's say if you know things don't work out in terms of winning the division, that maybe they can sneak in and taking all and taking those uh, one of those last wild card spots. Um, in terms of the Saints, um, inconsistency um, on offense, especially the defense has pretty much kept them afloat. Um, as always, they've, they've always had a, a pretty, have always had a pretty strong defense, anyways. Um, but I've been really disappointed in the offense. Um, you know, I mean, look, you know, Derek Carr. Um, I actually don't mind Derek Carr. Uh, I remember, like, the Jets were interested in him. And I was like, look, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't come, then he's probably the next best option, you know, because obviously it was, either, it was either him or Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'd take Derek Carr over Jimmy Garoppolo, and I still would. Obviously, we look at Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, the guy got benched. For the Raiders, that says it all, you know. Otherwise, you know, like I mean, Derek Carr's pretty much like he's got James Winston behind him. If he was playing bad enough, he'd be benched too. But you know, he's not. But he's, you know, he has had, you know, a very mixed year. You know, he started off okay. You know, he didn't start. He started off well. It's just, you know, he he's had some injuries. Uh, he had the shoulder injury, and then he had a concussion. Um, you know, which missed. I think he missed the most multiple games through that. And he just hasn't really looked, you know, himself um, making some bonehead errors here and there, and um, which you know he's, he's he's accustomed to from time to time. We saw we've even seen that with the Raiders, um, but I don't know. It's just it's been a it's been a disappointing first season, you know. Um, and how that team seven seven? I mean, look, look, they've had a, a nice schedule, anyways. I mean, the NFC South, you know, I mean they've had one of more softer schedules, um, so I guess you know. <laughs> I mean, I guess the Saints, you know, being at 7-7 seven seven probably isn't too surprising. And likewise, you know, maybe the Buccaneers, although I had the Buccaneers struggling, to be fair. But, I mean, shout out to UK Son, you know, for picking the Bucks to win the division because it looks like, you know, they're still in this race and they're in the driver's seat right now. So, you know, it looks looking like a good pick right now. But in terms of the Saints, you know, the team that I picked to win the division, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a little, yeah, like you said, it, there are some inconsistencies there and, they need to sort that. They need to sort themselves out offensively, you know, on that side of the ball, uh, and and feed the ball to, to Chris Olave, man. I mean, like, come on, man. We need to get him the ball a lot more. I know he's been injured, you know, here and there, but I mean, he's a really good young receiver, you know. And I mean, Michael Thomas as well. I mean, I know they've I know they've had some injuries, uh, you know, at wide receiver, wide receiver spot, and I know Olave's had his fair share, but I mean. When he has been healthy, man, I just—I don't know, man. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen Carr and, and Olave. I haven't hit. I haven't seen them hitting all cylinders together, man. I don't know what's going on there. So they need to sort themselves out offensively, otherwise, you know, you know, things can turn south real quick. Uh, 
down in New Orleans, man. So, yeah. Okay. So, this is the last game that we'll go through, and then I got a couple questions for you guys before we get out of here. The Dallas Cowboys, Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills. Man, like, what's wrong with Dallas? It's like every time we want to give Dallas their credit and give them their flowers and say they have the opportunity to win the Super Bowl, they, they had a huge win against the Eagles Monday night, and they come on Sunday, 425. I think it was a CBS game, and they didn't even show up in Buffalo. Granted, Buffalo needed this win as much as Dallas did, but every time we think Dallas has an opportunity to prove us wrong, they don't. So, PJ. What's wrong with Dallas? Like, give me something, man, because I, I don't get it. Uh, simple, man. It was uh, they got too uh, they got too excited, and there was uh, they were sipping on the Kool Aid, and they and they was they was on that high, and 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 they felt like when they beat the Eagles, um. They won the Super Bowl almost, and it was and it was it was a turn for the for the better. And then it's the we have to remember it's the it's it's the Dallas Cowboys. What can go wrong will go wrong, and it did go wrong. And I, just ten points was it what just three points ten points, um, in 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 that game and and. I was I'm I'm like, and what what and what's what's do we take them serious now? Do we do we take them serious? This was the game, so for Dak Prescott to put him and to really put him on the pedestal for MVP, and he missed it. He missed the shot, and do my eyes deceive me, or do the Buffalo Bills now have a running game? And it's not reliant on Josh Allen. James Cook had a big game, if I'm not mistaken, which surprised me. And you guys know how I am very questionable of the Buffalo Bills and the running game because they definitely need it because it helps Josh Allen in the long haul. And Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, they definitely need this win. If we're talking about teams that really needed this win, it was them. They definitely needed this thing because they are a team. They're currently on the outside of the um of the wild card hunt. Um, I think a game away from one of the top three spots from the top three wild card spots. So yeah, they. I don't know what I don't know about the um. I was watching Stephen A. I was like, oh, here we go. He, he here comes Stephen A. And and you, you can't get mad at him because hey. They were they were tasting they were sniffing themselves as 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 like when you get a when you get a boy who reached that age like fifteen and then he feel like he he's feeling himself he's sniffing himself and you gotta smack him back to reality and I think that's what happened with the Dallas Cowboys in this instance. All right, question for both of you guys. I got a bunch of questions. We're gonna keep it short. Uh, team that's currently outside the playoffs in both conferences that can get in and have a Cincinnati type of run of a couple of seasons ago and try to get to the Super Bowl or at least the um, AFC or NFC conference championship respectively. So which team can get in that's not currently in and have a run like Cincinnati did had a couple of years ago? 
So who who who's out there that we're not talking about, or the media is not talking about? So is it one pick from each conference? Yeah, one from each conference. Keep it brief, but yeah, one from each conference. That no one's talking about. Mm. Okay. Um, well, I've already talked about this team. I'm going to go with the Texans in the, in the AFC just because they've got a more exciting young team. Um, I know CJ Stroud actually just been reported that uh, CJ Stroud literally just minutes ago that he's uh, on track to miss a second straight game uh, through uh, through being in the con- uh, in the concussion protocol, so he's projected to miss the Browns game. So that's a little concerning. Uh, I mean, the, the Texans are eight and six; they could drop to eight and seven. You know, that's a real tough game against the Browns, who are nine and five, and pretty much, you know, and pretty much need a win to get. Uh, pretty much a win would put them in the playoffs already. Um, so. But even then, I mean, he'll be back soon, anyways. And I think that the Texans can, can you know, they can cause some, some trouble. You know, not many teams know about them. That's why I probably picked them. Just a young, more exciting team. No one really knows about. Uh, and then on the NFC, uh, just to keep it brief, I would pro- probably go with the Rams. Um, no one's really talking about them, which is I'm really shocked. Um, they're literally holding that wild card, last wild card spot. Um, they still got Matthew Stafford last time. Last time I checked, they still got Aaron Do- Aaron Donald. Last time I checked, they still got uh, Cooper Cup, and they got Puka Nakua. They finally got that that you know number two uh, receiver, a really really good number two receiver. I know they've had um, oh, who do they have? Uh, Robert Woods, but I'm saying like you know they actually got one that can actually like be on pace with Cooper Cup. So. Um, so I mean, and they still got Sean McVay calling plays. So I don't know why they're not really being talked about. They could be a real dangerous team. Um, I think they were projected to play against the um, Cowboys right now. I know the Cowboys blew them out earlier in the season, but you know that could be a completely different game come January. And uh, you know, I mean, the Rams. I mean, I mean, listen, you can sleep on the Rams. I think the Rams can definitely do something. You know, I think they can go on the road and, and steal a victory um, in Detroit. And it wouldn't shock me, you know, that the Cowboys could fold in the playoffs, as we as we all know, um, and and pretty much they could do that against the Rams, who you know the recent Super Bowl champions of what, two years ago now. So yeah, those are my two picks. Yeah, um, looking at the field, I gotta in the NFC, I gotta agree with um, Saeed with the Texans if they can get in. Um, another, if not the Texans, maybe the Colts, maybe the Colts, if, if things look, if things look right, um, after what I've seen from them, uh, Shane Steichen's got a really, um, interesting team on his hands, so I would, I would, I'm leaning towards the Texans, but watch out for the Colts, and I raise your Rams, and I throw in the Seattle Seahawks, though, in the, um, in the NFC. They got that. They're in. They're on the outside currently, but I'm looking at the other teams. Um, I feel like um, Minnesota is has has lost has lost the momentum. The the Rams look like out of the out of the the wild card team. They can be a threat, but Seattle's got that team where you know what they have on offense, and I feel like um, Jackson Smith and Jingle with that big play. 
we could see them maybe going to him a lot more, um, especially with uh, with what's going on with um, with uh, with DK um, not being um, not being consistent as 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 we want him to be. Tyler Rocket is um, kind of past his prime, but still giving you plays. They're gonna they've been looking for the opportunity for the young rook who was in, who um, if I'm not mistaken was the first or second. Um, rookie receiver taken in this year's draft to step up and um, do something, and he did. And that defense, the secondary, you know what they got with um, Woolen and and Witherspoon. This team, if if they if they play the right team, that is napping, they could um they can do some they can do some damage. So those are the two teams I see making some noise in the wild card. All right, two more questions. So next question, um, out of the top three seeds at each conference, who's on upset alert when the playoffs come around? Who's most likely to get eliminated? We've seen this happen multiple times. Most recent in my memory, Tennessee Titans against the Bengals. Bengals came in, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill threw a pick, and it was night-night, and then that's how the, that's how Joe Burrow got started. So um, it could, you guys can pick from either conference. Who's on high upset alert when the playoffs come around? Because the playoffs will be here before we know it, guys. Listen, man, there's a certain man in the group chat that's not going to be happy about this. He's not listening, by the way, right now. But, but I'll, 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 I'll make sure to mention it when the playoffs come. I'm, I'm obviously, I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Miami Dolphins, man. Now you might think, oh, that's a crazy pick because Miami Dolphins are great at home. Yeah, against the bad teams. I need to see them against the, con- the contending teams, man. And they got a big test this weekend against the Cowboys. And then obviously they've got the Bills to end the season. So the next two home games are going to be against two really, really good teams. You know, um, so we'll know a lot more about Miami. And they've got the Baltimore Ravens in between on the road. So we'll know a lot more about Miami. The reason why I got them on, on upset alert is because I'm just looking at from a matchup standpoint. I think if um, if Miami holds on to the number two seed and let's say the Bills get the final wild card spot the bills will be going on going to miami in the wild card and if that actually happens listen i don't i'm not a betting man i don't bet for religious reasons but you know i will definitely listen i'll stamp my ticket and and pick the bills in that game um because i just listen i i I think miami the way they i mean this i gotta give credit to mike mcdaniel he you know he's you know I mean, he's definitely adjusted from last year because last year they were a pass-happy team. Uh, you know, they weren't running the football enough and I thought that wasn't sustainable and it proved to be that it wasn't sustainable. But this year, they, they are a lot better at running with the football. There's a lot more, you know, designs, you know, a little bit more creativity, a little bit more variation. But again, you know, the same narrative is back again. You know, the Miami Dolphins, they play well against the bad teams. They put up big numbers, but when it comes against the good teams, they they either fold or you know they come up short. And that's why I feel like once the playoffs come, man, it's a different beast. It's a different animal. I don't really care. I don't care if they're at home. I still need to see Miami beat those big, big teams. And um, and until that happens, you know, I, right now I can only say that they're they're on upset alert, man. And I think they're projected to play right now. I think they're going to play against the Colts. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and in, in the play, uh, sorry, in the, uh, they're gonna oh, they're gonna play against the Bengals. 
I think the Bengals could definitely do something against them. If the playoffs are to start this weekend and it's the Bengals on the road in Miami, I think they could do something on them. I know obviously they don't have Joe Burrow, but but the rest of the roster have playoff experience going to a back-to-back AFC Championship games, uh, one of those years reaching the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's about you know, that playoff experience, man, and it's about that, you know, that know-how. And Miami doesn't have that, um, and I still need to see, see them kind of get comfortable with things because every other team, the Jaguars, the Chiefs, obviously, and even the Ravens, they all have that playoff pedigree. So, um, yeah, that's why I got Miami in the uh, AFC. And then in the NFC, same thing. I'm going with Detroit. I love Detroit. I'm a I'm a big fan of what Dan Campbell's doing. Huge fan. I've been really I've, I've been really rooting for Detroit in that NFC side of things. But again, same with Miami. You know, we don't know what they're going to be like in the playoffs. Remember, the Minnesota Vikings got to the playoffs, and you know, and when they played against the Giants, it was you know I knew they were on upset alert because I thought maybe the, the way that they were playing, we don't know if it would be suited to the playoffs. We don't know because playoff football is different from regular season football. Most of these players in the Vikings. You know, didn't have much playoff experience. You know, and, and same with the Lions. You got a young team. I know Jared Goff got to the Super Bowl with the Rams, so he's gonna bring a lot, a lot of experience as he can. But I still think, you know, like the Lions team are very young. Dan Campbell. You know, there's times with Dan Campbell. You know, even though he's been coaching really well and he's been coaching his, you know, his tails off, but you know, like I still think there's still some sloppiness in there. We saw that in in the last few weeks. Um, obviously, you know, that kind of went away now, obviously, against the Broncos on Saturday night. That was a big win. But, you know, like the Dolphins, I've got to see what they can do, especially against those big teams, those contending teams. And they are projected to play the Rams, you know, and the Rams, that would be a tough game, you know. I mean, I said it, you know, the Rams are a dangerous team. Nobody would want to face them come playoff time. You know, McVay, Stafford coming back to Detroit, potentially that's going to be a big game for him. First time he's coming back to Detroit since he got traded to the Rams. You know, so there's a lot of motivation there. So, you know, that's why I look at Miami and Detroit as those two teams that I think if any team that's in the wild card gets them on the road, I think they'll fancy their chances. I'm going to start off with the NFC. I am, this, this is easy. It's the Cowboys. You are, you can't trust the Cowboys. Uh in the postseason, um, until I see other, until I say, until I see otherwise, and there are teams that they could potentially face um, that um, could give them trouble. If Seattle can get in, they can give them trouble. If the Rams stay in, the Rams can give them trouble. Um, the only team um, I I, um, I look at that they that won't give them cause to concern based on the state that they're in is Minnesota. But their other after that, they could have trouble with with have with seeing any of those teams. Detroit could give them trouble. Um and it's and it's in the like I said, the playoffs are 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 is are such a in the trenches type of element. Where you where you look at um, every team got a hand, and if you look at the cards that those teams have, like oh, what's your what's your best hand, or look at your best hand, and with both and with with um with with the with the Cowboys, their best hand is always Dak, the defense, and um the, maybe the O line. Other than that, the running game is inconsistent. 
Um, their their secondary, um, even though it, it, it it's it's dominant with um bland and with with bland, uh, they're gonna they're gonna miss having um having uh, digs on the opposite side. So um, I look at them. It, I thought that was easy to begin with. And call me bold, but the Baltimore Ravens, I I still got this Ravens. They may have um the the playoff pedigree. But until I see otherwise, the, the Lamar can get unless Lamar can get past uh, the first two rounds, which in history says he has not been able to, uh, it gives me cause for concern. Like I said, you look, you want your best hand um, in the trenches. His best calling card is Mark Andrews, and he is going to miss having Mark Andrews because. You gonna need that one big play, and tight ends are always clutch in the playoffs in some way, shape, or form. And in San Fran, they got Kittle. In in um KC, they got um KC has Kelsey. They're gonna miss that element um because um who knows what um who knows who knows what you're gonna get from Odell. Um, Zay Flowers, who I'm so happy, man, I was so happy I said he was going to be the best receiver out of the, the class so far. This is his first goal. This will, this will likely be his first go around in the playoffs. And that defense is going to have to really be the, the driving force for that team. And with KC in the mix, with, um, with uh, Miami, um, it, it could lead to cost concern. Um, Jacksonville, it could lead to cost of concern. So I would say, and you're, and you're, you're number one, you're the hunted, you're the hunted. So I would say for me, it's Baltimore and Dallas um, on high upside alert. All right. So to end the show tonight, and thank you everybody for listening. Shout out to Burner Boy. If you're the real Burner Boy, let me get a couple of CDs and some tickets. Uh, <laughs> But let's see what this. Nah, I don't know what this is. All right. So to end tonight's show, give me a game that nobody's talking about. Don't give me the marquee games that everybody's talking about. What's one of the games that we should watch if you're a true fan of the NFL? Because you know marquee games. I think Baltimore. Uh, PJ said that Baltimore versus 49ers. Everybody know about that. What's the game that we should be watching that got playoff implications that nobody's really talking about? Yeah, I'm gonna go Browns Texans. Um, that's a big game. You know, uh, Browns actually, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, if they win, I'm not sure who. I'm not sure if obviously I know if they win, but they need someone to lose. They'll clinch a playoff spot. So at nine and five, that's a big game for the Browns. If they can win that, they'll win ten games. Um, that should lock them up for for not only the playoff spot, but pretty much you know set their set their sights on on the fifth on the fifth seed, the all important fifth seed. Um, which you know gets them, you know, most likely Jacksonville, uh, which is probably, you know, a winnable game. Uh, either Jacksonville or Houston or even Indianapolis, one of those three teams in the AFC South. So that, so, I mean, this yeah, this this would be a a big game for for the Browns, but for the Texans as well. Um, obviously, as I just said um, about ten minutes ago, um, it's been reported that you know C.J. Stroud is on track, meaning on track to miss his second straight game. Uh, due to being in the con- in the concussion protocol, 
Um, obviously, you know, he missed last week's game, uh, obviously, with being in the concussion protocol. So, um, he's on track to miss another game, which would mean that Case Keenum's going to get the start again. But this time, an even tougher game against the against the Browns, a team that, you know, they're also fighting for a playoff spot as well. Pretty much, you know, you could arguably say that they have one foot um, in a playoff uh, in a playoff position. So, uh, um, so that's the game that I'm surprised that not many people are talking about. Um, I guess I think it would have been talked about a little bit more had CJ Stroud, you know, let's say had he, you know, been on track to start, but because he's not, um, I mean, it's yeah, uh, I guess it kind of, you know, blows the hype up a little bit, but I think it's a big game for both teams because if the Texans win, um, you know, they can take, uh, they can move a step closer to, you know, to really like sort of pushing, you know, Jacksonville out of that, that fourth spot and, and, you know, be in the lead uh, in the AFC South. And, and by the way, this, by the way, you know, this game could be an early preview for a wild card. You know, if the Texans, let's say, somehow find a way to win the AFC South, and I think the Browns will, will maintain the fifth, seed, uh, the fifth seed, you know, it'll be the four and five matchup. That'll be an interesting matchup to have, you know, them two playing late in the regular season, but also meeting again, potentially in the playoffs, should Houston win this game and, you know, you know, win the AFC South. So I'm a little surprised that it's not being talked about as much. I know it's not a primetime game, but it's a marquee game because it's two AFC teams, you know, that are currently, you know, um, you know, one of them fighting to get into the playoffs, but also another team that's, you know, um, that's looking to sort of um, maintain their their seeding um, in terms of being in the fifth seed, but also looking to clinch a playoff spot. If the, if the Browns win, they'll get a playoff spot. Should I think, I think if there's some uh, if if there's some uh, losses along the way, I think the Broncos being one of them, or or the Bills. I think they'll definitely clinch a playoff spot. I think that's the scenario for the Browns. So a yeah, big game down to Houston. You know, I would go with um with with my team this game because that has um the NFC North playoff implications. But I started scrolling down the schedule and I looked upon Christmas Day, and it is the Raiders against the Chiefs. And based upon what we saw in the past two matchups. You would now you would ask, well, Pat, what you talking about? The Chiefs actually won that game, if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but they're they are in a state of hysteria right now. You see the frustration with Pat Mahomes. You notice that um, Darius Tony is starting to um. I'm I'm just saying him though. Um, I don't know if um Isaiah Pacheco will, is um going to be ready for for that game, but. The Raiders are riding a high. 63 points they put on the division um, foe Chargers. So it, I feel like this game might be close. I looked at the over-under. It is minus, um, plus minus 10. I could see the, the Raiders um, covering that and making it interesting, win or loss. So and imagine... A loss to the Chiefs on Christmas on Christmas Day, getting coal in their stocking by the black and silver. That's a game I'm looking at, um, and could have implications when it comes to seeding for the for the Chiefs, and and it could be a huge blow, and it could be really detrimental for them gaining momentum for the remainder of the year because um, 
this team is is I feel like with everything that's going on, it's 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 kind of a distraction, and the way that the Raiders team and Antonio Pierce is coaching them, they could um the Chiefs could catch the um could be sleeping on the Raiders, and they do not want that to happen. Uh, excellent games, excellent games. So that's the end of the show tonight. Like I said, shout out to Burner Boy. If you want to catch any of us, um, any old podcast we did, Phase One Sports is the place to go anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you can't find it, just type in my name, K Sound Adventure, it'll pop up for sure. Um, click my face, and then it'll link you to my Facebook page, and then you'll be able to find that. Um, but as always, appreciate you guys for coming out. Saeed, PJ, we'll be back Sunday morning with the whole crew. Uh, we'll be picking games. Or maybe we'll be, I think it's a couple Saturday games. Or maybe we'll be Friday, Saturday. Who knows? But we'll be back picking the games um, and giving insight. So, to the whole Phase 1 crew, uh, any last word, guys, before we get out of here? Yeah, man, it's great to be back on, finally. So, uh, I know better late than never, but, you know, wish we had, uh, wish we uh, did shows weekly, you know, um, over the course of the season. But, I'm glad we're we're doing one now. Obviously, you know, no better time to do it than you know in December. December football, we all know, is is always great football because you know it's where you know it's where we all find out which teams are going to go in into the tournament and which teams are not, and you know we can sort of get into the nitty gritty of it. So it's always great to to do a show with you guys once again. Let's hope we can continue uh, doing this not only through through the uh, entirety of the regular season, but also in the playoffs and maybe in the off season as well. Yeah, looking forward to doing it with you guys, man. Yeah, let's close out the year strong, guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, just keep rocking with us. We are uh, we are the premier um uh, group for anything NFL um coverage. So stay tuned with us and definitely um enjoy what you guys are watching and uh yeah, keep rocking with us. All right. So one last thing before we get out of here. I'd like to thank our sponsor from Maine, Bar Harper Cellars Winery. If you guys like wine, that's the place to go. They ship wine from uh, from Maine, one of the biggest sponsors. Shout out to Biggie. Uh, shout out to Bar Harbor Cellars doing their thing. So, once again, I'm your host, NK. We trust. And we sign out, and we will see you guys over the weekend. Remember, drive safely. Don't drink and drive. All that good stuff. We out. Holla.